Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Two Toms, One Ash. Still your go-to UK-based podcast for all things NFL fantasy football. So we got through the championship round of games, but I don't know if it's just me, but does anybody else just, I mean as exciting as it is, we're just wanting the fantasy season to start again, aren't we? We're just wanting to get round the draft, get through the summer, and then start drafting our fantasy teams again come August. But um, but we better wait, we better get the Super Bowl out of the way, and everything else that comes with it. Um, so we better talk about those games, so without further ado, on we go. Okay, so joining me for this first bit is Scully. How are you, mate? Yeah, good pal. Not bad at all. You? Yeah, very well. Very well, thank you. Good to good to get on and chat together. Um, Charles will be joining us for the second part. Um, so let's dive straight into those championship round games. Uh, and I'll start off with let's start off with Chiefs beating the Ravens. Uh, so beating the Ravens seventeen ten. So that's the fourth time the Chiefs have scored seventeen points this season. And what about this for a stat? The third time that the Ravens have lost, 17-10 this season. The other two losses with the same score. Any ideas who the opponents were? I'll give you a bigger clue. It was the same opponent. Steelers. Steelers. Steelers, yeah. Great effort. Good guess. So, yeah, uh, which I, I, I don't know why we didn't or no one else maybe clicked at the time. But, yeah, so two losses to the Steelers this season. Uh, both seventeen ten, so so yeah, not not a likely score, and not a likely lower point scoring for the Ravens. Um, seemingly, it was the same at the weekend just gone. I think we both had a, or we all had an inkling that not necessarily that defenses would be on top, but both had very very solid defenses, albeit um, it's their offensive superstars that get all the headlines. Um, but how did you see that game? First quarter, unbelievable. I mean, it was it was looking like it was going to be a shootout. So completely against what what everybody thought, and then it calmed down a little bit. Um, I just think the the Ravens got got rattled. Lamar Jackson got rattled. He probably got he got hit a few times. I'm not sure if that affected him. Uh, but from that first quarter, I mean, after he um, after he had the fumble, he had a bad interception. They just they just collapsed for me. They bottled it, uh, the Ravens, and the Chiefs just. I mean, this this is what they do. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kels, they they big big game players. They the Chiefs know how to win in the uh, in the postseason, and that's that's what it showed. I just think they were up for it more. They were up for the fight. They had a chip on the shoulder. It was chippy all game. I mean, they were they were up for everything. Um, and they just they just got it done, found a way, got it done. They perform like they always do um, at this time of year, and um, yeah, it were it it was just a brilliant brilliant performance from the Chiefs. They uh, they just bossed it, absolutely dominated uh, the Ravens, which are a team that just haven't been dominated this year. They've been the more physical team, and and they were bullied. That's how I saw it. Yes. I saw it the same match at the end. Just that experience really wanted that similarly matched as in the actual firepower, but just the experience of even Kelsey Mahomes. And again, I know it's typical, but the way that Kelsey was winding up some of their defense, 
but but knowing where to stop, knowing where to draw the line, and then they were given a foul and and I think it was those back to back plays, wasn't it, where Zay Flowers picked it was a big gain and then got flagged for taunting. Again, inexperienced from a rookie, and then I don't think I don't know if it was just get the, the play straight after, but it was a change around in quarters down the other end, and then that's when he fumbled on the goal line. That it was, I mean, tough luck for him. I guess he's been it been great the back end of the season in the playoffs, but that's maybe the slight lack of experience that you just need to keep a cool head, don't reach the ball out, just keep hold of the ball if needs be, and and yeah, just stay in it. Um, yeah, a real shame. I can't see the Ravens going anywhere. They're still going to be solid with some good young players, aren't they? But yeah, not meant to be. No, and it's and it's a shame, like you say, Zay Flowers has been great player, probably one of the 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 brighter rookie wide receivers um, this year. And uh, I mean, they they were clamping down on taunting last couple of years. This year, they've let a lot go. It seems they've kind of gone the other way. But I think it was the fact that. He threw the ball, he then got in his face and he grabbed his self. Um, <laughs> the, 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 I think it was all those things, you know what I mean? It was it was just so obvious. And like you say, it's a bit of an experience, but I mean, what a play that he made as well. And it was, um, it was just so, like I say, inexperienced, but you don't want to see those type of players called back because it, Again, it could have been a different, a different outcome, a different game if uh, if they'd have got to what the five yard line or whatever it was. And then, yeah, a few players later, where he's again inexperienced, is is reaching. Um, and what a what a play by Sneed. I mean, don't take anything away from him. He, it was absolutely fantastic play, and he used all his experience. And he was just waiting for that opportunity if he was going to reach that he was going to knock that ball out and. Unbelievable player from him, but just, I mean, you're almost there. Just protect the ball, get down, and then you've got a, a chance of just running it in, especially with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback. But you just saw his name in lights, didn't he? Uh, you, and again, it's like, like you've just said, and I've repeated 19 times, inexperience. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, and I don't think necessarily Lamar didn't show up because he did that first quarter, didn't he? He had a couple of breakaway runs and then the, the, the pass to himself was like electric. But then but then you almost kind of want to keep that going. Just keep the ball. Like, yeah, you've got playmakers, but run more. But again, I guess it's credit to the Chiefs that they kept him in the pocket, didn't let him get away. I, I did think while I was watching, actually, I was watching the game live and we're just relating it back to fantasy. But Zay Flowers, I guess he was a bit of a name at the start of the season, but Rashi Rice definitely wasn't. It was more your what your Smith and Jigbers, Quinton Johnson, those that have done nothing. Who else? They got Jalen Hyatt, but some of these kind of lower round guys at receiver, especially that have stepped up. Which I guess a lot of that comes down to the offense and and, and the, the the kind of uh, type of offense that the that they're playing. But but one question that did come in um, on Twitter today. So with Travis Kelsey playing unbelievable in the playoffs and he's not had the best of seasons at all, but I know we talked again even a few weeks ago at the end of the season, we'd probably just lump him back in with one of the top tight ends, but kind of not standing out along with Laporte or Andrews, Kittle alike. But now with his play in the playoffs, do you think that puts him back in round one for fantasy next season? It could do, absolutely could do. I mean, it how he's performing now and how he's performing in the playoffs could cover over the cracks 
of what we've seen this season so far. Quite a few drops uncharacteristically of him. Uh, some not so good performances, not so big performances, but that's been the Chiefs overall uh, mm. this season. They've they've underperformed and, and underdelivered offensively, def- defensively. They've been great. Is it Spagnola, whatever he's called, the defensive coordinator, has done an unbelievable job. Um, offensively, they've just not just not got it going. I mean, they've just just not converting in the in the red zone at all all season. So. I mean, how much of that is down to just Kelsey, who's not not had a great season, or it's just not been clicking on offense all, all round, um, and that's obviously affected him from from a fantasy point of view. But he's still a big game player. He's still capable of putting up obscene numbers for uh, for fantasy from a tight end. So, I I think if he continues this in the Super Bowl, um, I mean, you look at his stats in the, in the off season; it's ridiculous. I think he's over. What, 1,300 in like 12 playoff appearances is something like 1,300 receiving yards, 13 or 14 touchdowns or something like that. It's, it's just ridiculous. It, it performs on the big stage. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to put him back in that conversation for a first-round first round pick or tight end one pick, definitely. Um, because if you don't pick him, and he does go on to to have a uh, a huge season like we used to seeing him having. You, you're probably going to regret not taking him um, earlier than than you you may have done. Yeah, his down weeks are still going to be probably what ten, twelve points, something like that, which is which is very good for a tight end. I agree. Uh, okay, so let's move over to the NFC then. And uh, yeah, a bit of a heartbreaker really for well anyone who's not a 49ers fan. But the 49ers ended up beating the Lions 34-31. Um, no surprise that McCaffrey scored two touchdowns. Both had a couple of sacks. But it was a surprise uh, in terms of how the game went. So, Scully, I know, again, we were all on the Lions bandwagon and we were all hoping for a Lions win uh, and to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. But wasn't meant to be. Um Mixed opinions on how Dan Campbell called this one, but how did you see it? I think I made my opinions uh, clear the the day after in the in the group group WhatsApp. Um, Dan Campbell lost that game. I mean, he's he's played this way all season. He's gone for it on fourth and three, fourth and five on his own. 30-yard line or whatever, and sometimes it's come off, sometimes it's not. When it hasn't come off, like he, he made some strange calls against the Packers earlier in the season, uh, they lost they lost the game, and it was these type of calls that swung the momentum. I just think in this situation, in that game, where they were two scores up, 14 points up, um, they had the chance to kick a 45-yard field goal to go three scores up, right? And and he went for it. And I just just don't get it. I just don't get in that situation where you're comfortably ahead, um, being two scores up, three scores, you're you're unlikely to come back from that. And again, you've got the momentum. You've just scored. If If you don't get that, they stop you. 
they've then that momentum swings and if they score on that play then that is a huge momentum swing and that's exactly what happened and I mean the play that it, they scored on was was a little bit ridiculous it come off the face mask and I carried it on and, and got into the the end zone it was unbelievable really for my hook and I mean it probably should have been an interception but um but yeah for me Dan Campbell just got to got to learn and he didn't learn familiar things that happened in the season and he's got to play smarter in those situations in big games realize where he is who he's up against and the situation that that he's facing um because they were in control they just again stopped the 49ers from scoring on their opening drive in the second half uh, a touchdown and and kept them to a field goal but Shanahan trusted his kicker who'd missed a kick earlier on in the game to get them that them points he didn't go for it he didn't do something stupid trailing by 17 points he just got the points on the board because they knew that they just need to claw things back get that momentum back and probably Dan Campbell's going to do something stupid which he did and and that's the way that's the way that it went. So mate, big, big mistakes from Dan Campbell that I feel lost lost them the game. That was that was the big one. And then not going for it um towards the towards the end again and going for another fourth and however many. I'm just just think why? What and I get that he wants to play a certain way and he doesn't regret it and this is them being aggressive. Fine, but do it in the right situations and the right moments. And they didn't. And it cost them. And if I'm a Lions fan um, on, on Monday just gone, I'm absolutely devastated because they were in control. They had that game won. And um, they, they lost it themselves. Yeah, I think I well, I, I I do agree. I think with for different parts really, but I agree that yeah, the seventeen scores up, and there's been lots of reports around momentum, and it's a real thing, isn't it? Like you just kick a field goal, and you just regardless necessarily of the points or the points lead, but you're just still just feeling 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 upbeat. You're still feeling positive, but as aggressive as it is to go for it on fourth down and get it. It's it's the opposite when you don't get it, and then their offense comes on, and they're like, "Oh well, they've given us a free chance here almost." So, so yeah, I'm not sure necessarily it, it was a wrong decision going for it on all of the ones, but but I think not only going for it, but I think he went for it, and they were both passing plays, weren't they? And they were within like was it maybe within three yards, I think. And the the rushing offense from Montgomery and Gibbs was unbelievable all game. Do that, or at least chuck in a bit of play action, or just a, a toss out wide, or something that, that just get them involved rather than just trying to then pass it to to Reynolds over the middle or whatever it turned out to be. So, so yeah, and, and like you say, a bit of bad luck, I guess, off the helmet, or a bit of luck for the Forty ers But that's definitely one of those one of those times when you're seventeen points up that I guess in in football, in English football, you get one nil up, just park the bus, just like just run the ball, just waste the clock, just whatever you need to do to just get the win. You don't need to keep scoring. You don't need to keep kind of throwing it downfield. Just get over the line. So, but In yeah. in football terms, like you've just mentioned, um, we talk about two scores, three scores. The most dangerous lead in football, as everyone knows, is 2-0. But 3-0 is considered comfortable. And that was it. That was just that. That was the situation. They got it back within two scores. 
they have the opportunity to get back within free score straight away um, and, and get that distance between themselves again. Mentally, psychologically, that that is a, a hurdle to to overcome, and you're still controlling the game. Like and like you said, momentum is huge in the NFL, and they and they just they, they let it swing the other way. And like you said about Reynolds, um, again, what a drop on on third down that led to them having to go through it, or well, not having to go through it, but deciding to go through it on fourth down. Because again, that was another play that really, really cost him, and it was a, it was a dolly, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, not good at all. So I guess Reynolds is one player that I don't think anyone's drafting next year, and we know the other weapons that the Lions have got: Gibbs, Montgomery, Laporta, Monra. But Jamison Williams, uh, I guess, a bit of a controversial fantasy pick and fantasy player. What round would you be picking him up next season? Because He's had some huge games and, well, just huge plays in general, to be fair, but just not quite consistent enough yet. Still just potential. But, yeah, what round do you reckon you'd be picking him up? So, I'll do it similar to, I think, what you put in the um, in the group message as well. Um, in terms of where I'd pick him in rounds would be where I'd pick people from the Lions above him. I'm taking Amon Rasen round first. I'm taking... Jameer Gibbs second, and I'm probably taking Montgomery third from the Lions. Uh, so for me, it, it could be a fourth round pick. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one that yeah, you don't want to kind of plan your offense around, is it? Or, or to be a number one receiver. But if you've got someone consistent alongside him and you can chuck him in, uh, and you never know, if he can be that number one receiver for the Lions, then, then you're having even better offense than it looks like they have already. So, um, so yeah, but but fantastic couple of games, exactly what the NFL and the fans would have wanted. Uh, I'm not sure entirely scripted, but regardless, uh, going to be one hell of a Super Bowl. Absolutely. And I've just realised I completely forgot about Laporta, so he's going further down the pecking order. Uh... <laughs> Forget Laporta. Charles is picking him up first round anyway. You haven't got a chance. <laughs> So here we go, and welcome to part two. And for this part, uh, I'm joined by Charlie. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good. Great weekend of football. Uh, obviously, didn't go the way that I predicted. Uh, I may as well just stop putting predictions in, because I think everything I predicted went uh, the wrong way this weekend. But yeah, good games, and uh, and looking forward to the Pro Bowl, and, uh, and obviously Super Bowl two weeks' time. Can't believe yeah. it's come around this quick. Oh, absolutely. And, and we'll definitely have an episode next week, I guess, previewing Super Bowl. And, and like you say, maybe covering off some of the Pro Bowl games. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Are there, are there games nowadays? There's dodgeball. I think Madden's even in there, isn't it, this year? So, yeah, who knows? We might. I guess that is definitely one for, for YouTube highlights rather than uh, staying up to watch anything like that. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm definitely not staying up to watch dodgeball. <laughs> um. All right, then. So let's have a look at some of the headlines uh, from this last week. And, uh, well, in fairness, kind of one of the, another question that's come in from Twitter. Uh, and on the back of some of your tirade against the 49ers and particularly around Brock Purdy, which, uh, well, I know whoever's asked the question is a Brock Purdy fan. Are you now eating humble pie? And were you impressed at all, even a little bit, with Brock Purdy's performance at the weekend? I'm not eating humble pie. Humble pie. Uh, I watched 
obviously just talking before we started recording, I watched the first half of the game and he was he was pretty much the same as he had been the week before, pretty woeful. Um, the Lions absolutely dominated and uh, he didn't he didn't really do a great deal. But give him his dues. Uh, second half, they came out uh, and, and yeah, he, he, there was a couple of times where he took the ball, ran uh, and, uh, and got his team where they needed to be to keep that ball moving. Uh, made a couple of decent throws, but I, I'm still not I'm still not blown away by him. I mean, the uh, that Brandon Ayuk throw where it bounced off uh, bounced bounced off the defender's helmet that that should have been an interception. It's an overthrow, so people just need to chill out a bit. He wasn't that good, um, and I, I'm hoping for a, a Chiefs win. So uh, yeah, any 49ers fans that are loving Brock Purdy, I'm, I'm not taken by him, and I hope he throws it away for you in the Super Bowl. Maybe <laughs> when he gets crowned Super Bowl MVP, um, I think that opinion might stay the same. Which, but in fairness, I, I, I'm not a Brock Purdy hater, but I mean, you could argue Tom Brady's a bit more of a bit of a game manager as well, but <laughs> greatest ever. Um, yeah, he can he can sneak it one yard, he can he can get pick up first downs when he needs to, but. I did think the second half he was as impressive as as he's ever been, but um, but yeah, good question. Just to clarify, I'm not a Purdy hater. I don't hate him. I just don't rate him. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's as, as good as people make it out. I'm a bit middle of the road on him. All right. So if you're middle of the road on Brock Purdy, then I'm really interested to know about where you stand on Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, new offensive coordinator of the Steelers. Go. I just... Previous success as an offensive coordinator with the Titans. A decent rushing offense, albeit not to the liking of Bijan Robinson fantasy owners, but a good offensive coordinator and surely better than Matt Canada. Yes. And I've tried to, I've tried to look at it this week uh, from a, a neutral point of view rather than my bias towards him, um, because I, I don't, I didn't really know him as an offensive coordinator. I, I've only really known him as the Falcons head coach, and and I think he did a shocking job there. So maybe taking a bit of responsibility away from him, put him as the take a step back to that offensive coordinator. I've had a look at what he did at, at Tennessee and they were top five uh, running team, I think th- two of the three years. Was it three years he was there? Or it was either three years or two years anyway. I can't remember the, the exact figure, but um, he's, he's a good running uh, offensive coordinator, which is what the Steelers need. Uh, I've been saying this, bleating on about it all year, that the Steelers are a running team with hard defences to, to be. That's our identity. That's who we are. Um, we are not this flash-throwing team. What we need is that running game back to give Kenny Pickett the opportunity to throw. Put teams on the back foot and make give make them defend the run. Make them stop the run so that it makes gives him those passing lanes. Um, so if Matt... If, Matt Canada, Jesus Christ. If uh, you definitely don't want him back. If, if Arthur Smith comes in and, and can do with the Steelers what he did when he was offensive coordinator at, at Tennessee, then I, I, I'm open to, to uh, letting him show me what he can do. 
I'm, I'm trying to be positive because if this is my team now, I've got to put all my hatred to one side that I've got for him. And uh, I just won't be drafting any Steelers in terms of fantasy next year. <laughs> I think that's a, that's, a, that's a quite sensible way of looking at it, isn't it? And, and he did wonders for Tannehill. Obviously not so much maybe Ridder this year and last year, but wonders for Tannehill. And now the Steelers are sticking by Pickett. And again, the more that they get rushing, the better it'll be for Pickett. So, so yeah, who knows? But like you say, kind of compared to what it was for last year uh, and this season just gone as well, it's got to be better than that. And he seems like a good Steelers person, if there ever is one, someone who, who does like that type of offence and fits well within their culture. I think it'll be good for Warren and, and Najee because he's, he's not, he's, well, he showed this year, he's not all about giving it to one guy, is he? He, he likes us to share that load out. So, um, I think it'll be good for both of them. The, the problem will be, obviously, we're, we're a fantasy podcast. So, in terms of fantasy next year, the problem will be you will not know who is going to have that good week. You, you don't know when he's going to be able to, when you're going to play uh, Najee, when you're going to play Warren, when you're going to play somebody else they may pick up. So, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a nightmare for fantasy. So, I think probably looking, looking at it from now, uh, Steelers, I'll probably avoid next year. Who's the other one that we mentioned earlier on? It was, uh, well, it's not Pat Frymouth anymore, is it? Pat Frymouth, Kyle Pitts, it's whoever, whoever tight end two is at the Steelers that... Connor <laughs> Haywood. Connor Haywood, there we are. Connor Haywood. Might get more of a look in for some unbeknown reason, no doubt. <laughs> um, but, well, okay, so I guess he's moved on from the Falcons. We'll go back to the Falcons. Uh, and they've now hired uh, Raheem Morris as their head coach. So a defensive guy. Is that better for the Falcons' fantasy players, so Falcons' offense, that they've got a defensive-minded head coach that then is kind of offensive coordinator, someone that's got a little bit more um, focus on on the offense rather than the whole team um, running the ship? Have they got a new offensive coordinator? Did they fire more than just Smith? I'm going to say yeah. I don't, I don't know what that's backed with, but I'm going to say yes. Yes. I, I'm th- I've, I'm sure I've heard that they they have, they fired more than just him, uh, and and that they were they were looking at a new offensive coordinator as well. I think it, it in fairness it will come down to that offensive coordinator anyway. Um, if they've got a defensively minded head coach, the head coach obviously overseeing it all, but he isn't going to be making the plays. Is he? As a defensive minded head coach, he's not going to be calling offensive plays. Um, and if they can get somebody in who knows what they're doing offensively uh, and he's going to use the weapons that they've got there. I mean, they, they've got so much talent that's just gone to waste for the past two, three years. Uh, you mentioned that him there, Kyle Pitts. What an absolute superstar he could be. Just not being used. Straight London, quality wide receiver. They've got Bijan. They, they've got good players. They've got a good core of players that, is just not being utilised. So I think it comes down to the to the offensive coordinator more than that defensive-minded uh, head coach. Because like I said, he, he, he although he oversees it all with being a defensively-minded head coach, he, he's probably going to pay more attention to that the defensive plays than, than the offensive. Mm, I, I think the Falcons are definitely one to watch next season, aren't they? They've not got Arthur Smith. They've got those weapons can, can kind of be let loose. Just need a quarterback. It's almost a year of what the Jets were last year with Aaron Rodgers. If they can just get a good quarterback in, 
boom the set and you'd like yeah. to think that Raheem Morris he's been there before he's he's well he's been at the Falcons before but he's been a head coach before mm. he's coming from that McVeigh coaching tree that it's in it's a pretty poor division they are set up for any free agent quarterbacks to just kind of slot themselves in and and take off um, yeah de- definitely one to watch next year I, I, um, I think Bijan definitely is going to be a top first rounder Certainly for me, anyway. I, th- I, th- I think he needs to go first round. Although he's been a bit of a disappointment this year, um, I can't. I can't see him going past the first round in drafts with with that change in uh, in coaching staff. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that one. Um, okay, so then moving over to another head coach in hire and, and a lot more experience, but Jim Harbour of the Chargers. So the Chargers' offense. Um, Pretty diabolical outside of Keenan Allen. I guess a lot of good talk around Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, always, always kind of in the top three uh, fantasy running backs. Wasn't the case this year at all. Um, but with that hire of Harbour, do you see their offensive players kind of having a being back to back to what we'd expect from them? It's difficult. I think it's a, a fantastic uh, acquisition of, of Harbour. I think he's a fantastic head coach uh, and. <clears throat> He's likely to get the best out of uh, Herbert. He's, he's obviously been in college, so he's used to working with uh, younger quarterbacks and bringing them on and, and seeing that talent and nourishing that talent. And uh, Herbert has got it. Um, he's just he's just not been firing on all cylinders, has he? So maybe he can bring out the best of him. Uh, and I think it's a great uh, thing for Justin Herbert. The, the, there's other things that I think need... They need to pick up on. It's clearly showed this year that behind Austin Eckler, they are not strong enough at all. They're not a team who have got uh, like a like Miami, who've got a, a plethora of running backs, uh, and they come in and they all do a job. This year, Austin Eckler has not been on his game. Let's face it, Austin Eckler is not getting any younger. Um, whether he's I can't see him carrying the workload that he has done pre in previous years, and uh, Josh Kelly and I can't I don't know who else was behind him because it was maybe yeah, yeah just just irrelevant uh, really just they've done nothing so when 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 Eckler's been out that the running game's just just been non-existent which makes it so much harder for Herbert without that that running game. So I, I think there's other areas that they also need to strengthen um, as well as as that Harbour uh, acquisition. Yeah, and it's he's definitely going to be, he's going to improve the charges. I mean, it's a real tough division, isn't it? But whether it's this season or maybe it, maybe it does take two seasons, but they're going to win games. And to win games, they're going to have to put up points. And to put up points, then... They're going to have to score touchdowns, which obviously means fantasy points for those players. So I, I do think it'll be an improvement. Uh, I mean, it'd be worth picking up the kicker, I guess. Uh, that he's in. Um, they, they won't just keep going for it on fourth down. But but yeah, still still a tough division to get any sort of result in. But um, but yeah, that's one that we just need to keep a close eye on all off-season especially. Uh, okay, so I'll come to you with with a bit of a laugh for the last one, really. But um, I've, I've seen a headline that's saying that Jerry Jones is saying that the Cowboys are all in for twenty twenty four. I don't even know what that means. What do you make of that? I mean, the guy's just a lunatic. Isn't he? <laughs> like they've not been all in for the last I don't know thirty years. 
I, I saw some quote about he was talking about Dak Prescott and what he, what he says it just doesn't make sense. He said something about along the lines of Dak will we'll only go as far as Dak will take us, and Dak took us as far as he could. I, what what nonsense is this man talking? Clearly, his money's like bleeding to his brain. Um, he's just he's just in cloud cuckoo land, isn't he? Really, that I mean. It was all set up for them this year, wasn't it? They, they, they were on a roll. They were scoring. They're never going to have a better opportunity. Look at the Eagles dropping out. I know we, we said that for you guys. The fact Cowboys had gone, it, it, it was probably a year where you, you could have pushed it. The 49ers haven't really been in on the on the metal. Um, they, they've been scraping through. I think if the Cowboys would have got through and they, they had every opportunity to be in this Super Bowl um, and, and they just can't seem to get get over the line, can they? Um, I, I don't know what needs to change because they, they've made some drastic changes. They made drastic changes last year. They, they got rid of Zeke. They, they made Pollard the, the main man. That didn't work. Um, in terms of the running game, they weren't they weren't spectacular. Pollard wasn't what people were expecting. And they've had to rely on Dak throwing to, to C.D. Lamb. And, and obviously, that's not going to change going forward. He, he's still a great quarterback and he's still... I think he's still got some fantastic players around him. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they're going to change to to get them over the line. Whether that means they need to change and and, and move away from Dak if he's not gonna, if he's not the one to get them there. Uh, but yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what he's on about there. That they're all in for for next year because yeah, like you said, does that mean that they weren't all in this year? They they were just testing the water, see if they could get there. God knows. Yeah, it's, it's predictably going to be another what ten and seven season, eleven and six, something like that. Get to the playoffs and maybe a playoff win, and then, and then that's it. Kind of finish off nice and early, and uh, another season for America's team uh, out early in the playoffs. And that's that. Uh, thanks ever so much for listening. Um, slightly different format this week with, with not all three of us being in the room at the same time. Uh, I can assure you everything's okay. There's no spat. There's no love loss. It's not any sort of Gary Barlow, Robbie Williams scenario. And hopefully we will all be back on the same podcast next week. Uh, again, thanks for listening and we'll see you then.